We're back again with the sixth edition of PDGPS in the Raw. I'm your navigator, Mary Shook. I'm excited to introduce Dr. Todd Cooperman, president of ConsumerLab.com and a nationally recognized and respected researcher, writer, and speaker on consumer healthcare issues. He's also a regular guest on the Dr. Oz Show. Today's Raw Edit is a two-part series on supplements and CBD because there's a lot of information to digest. No puns intended. Now sit back and enjoy the show. And thanks for listening. Todd Cooperman, welcome to the hot seat. Oh, Mary, thank you very much for having me on. Um, so I've been like a kid waiting for Santa to speak with you because supplements are always in the news and everyone's talking about how supplements don't work or they do work or they make lots of claims. Um, but also CBD has had a big, big week with the FDA and the FTC um, because they served a few companies with notices. Um, but before we even get into this, can you tell me about your background and what ConsumerLabs.com is? Yeah, sure. So I'm an MD, uh, and uh, I spend all my time focused on two things, which is uh, uh, checking the quality of dietary supplements and, and nutritional products. Uh, I started Consumer Lab uh, 20 years ago now um, oh. uh, with a, a researcher at the FDA uh, named William Obermeyer. Actually, he's, he retired after about 13 years, um, and we have other other researchers here. Um, but we've been the leading group testing and uh, uh, certifying the quality of, uh, of supplements and really reporting on the, the kind of the pros and cons of supplements. Um, and we have uh, over 80,000 uh, subscribers to our, to our oh. website, ConsumerLab.com, as well as lots of libraries and uh, ac uh, other academic institutions. Um, but it's actually mostly just consumers who use our information. And I'd say after that, you know, many, many uh, nutritionists and, and uh, physicians. Well, the great thing about Beauty GPS is I'm not beholden to any advertisers or clickbait or anything. And so I'm telling listeners what you're saying here is gospel. So point blank, are, are supplements safe? Um, many are safe. I'd say the majority are safe. Um, I can't say the majority are effective. Um, and there's so many different things, you know, under the umbrella of dietary supplements. You have vitamins and minerals, um, and obviously, you know, those are uh, essential uh, to people who are deficient in them. Obviously, they don't always do very much for people who aren't deficient. Um, you know, I could talk hours about that. Um, and then you have the herbal products, um, you know, the echinacea, ginkgo biloba type products. Then you have uh, oils like fish oils and um, now hemp oil, which is different from CBD. Um, uh, and, you know, uh, CoQ10, so many different things come under the umbrella of dietary supplements. And as we'll be getting to when we talk about CBD, CBD is really not technically a dietary supplement, but it is being sold as a dietary supplement. Um, so in general, you know, it really depends on, on who you are and what supplement we're talking about. There's no blanket answer of, you know, do supplements work or not. Um, it's very specific to the to the type of supplement the person, uh, and even the quality, obviously, of the supplement, because we find that about one out of five uh, supplements don't have what they claim or have too, way too much of what they claim or have some other kind of quality pr uh, problem, like a pill not being able to disintegrate properly so that you won't get the benefit of it. So how are supplements regulated? So they, they are regulated um, sometimes the FDA will say, uh, uh, I mean, sometimes uh, people will say, you know, they're unregulated. 
they are regulated. There are regulations. There are regulations in terms of how they're manufactured uh, under good manufacturing practices. Um, but the regulations are fairly loose uh, relative to uh, uh, prescription medication. For example, um, the FDA does not specify uh, limits on, say, uh, how much lead there can be in a supplement. They leave that up to a manufacturer. That hmm. They don't specify how do you actually determine if, uh, you know, if a valerian supplement really is valerian. They leave that up to the manufacturer, who's supposed to have come up with, uh, you know, good um, uh, methods and, and standards for evaluating this, but they don't have to really disclose that to the government. They're just supposed to have that on hand. So it's really up to when you're buying a supplement, you're really trusting that that manufacturer is doing a good job, you know, and putting in the right amount. Um, uh, so it's a, it's, it's a buyer beware situation with dietary supplements. So why why is the FDA allowing everyone to kind of self-police? There was a... There was a push uh, in the 90s to uh, have more uh, stricter enforcement of supplements. There was a lot of pushback. There was a grassroots movement, although that was uh, probably funded and, and uh, uh, promoted really by the industry itself. Uh, lots of huge, huge letter you know, writing campaign to congressmen, senators, whatever, um, to get them to back off that. And so where the FDA arrived, uh, where everything ended up in 1994, was with uh, a law called DSHEA, the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act, which kind of puts supplements under the food category, not under the drug category, um, but in its kind of own little, little space there. And then the government was supposed to come up with rules on how that was going to be regulated. And, and as I mentioned, these good manufacturing practices had to be developed. Uh, and that took many, many, many years before that actually happened. Uh, but now those are in place. And so there, we have these kind of loose regulations. The government does inspect um, a very small percentage of manufacturing facilities every year. About half of them fail, um, oh. uh, they, typically because they're not specifying uh, how you know how, how they, how they um, are. They, they they haven't come up with the right qualifications on what what qualifies a product as being high quality or not. Um, um, so it has to do with kind of the testing uh, of the of the materials. They are supposed to be testing products as they come in the door or go out the door. Um, some companies don't do that either. So that's kind of the, the lay of the land, um, you know, with, with dietary supplements. Well, and I find that a lot of companies that uh, do do the testing, they do it so that they can differentiate on the market saying, like I just interviewed a, a company and they said, not only do we test ingredients as they come in the door, but we also test our supplements as they've been completed for all the metals and things like that because they do want the safety and so on, not just because it's safe for the consumer, but it just differentiates them on the market. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of companies that say they do that. Um, it's really best that they do it through a third party, um, yeah. especially on the stuff going out the door. Um, and the, the major groups doing that are, are Consumer Lab. Uh, we've been doing that the longest. Then USP, um, even though USP, United States Pharmacopeia, has been around a long time, they only started actually testing supplements uh, maybe 15 years ago. As I mentioned, we've been doing this 20 years. Um, those are the two major groups that are doing this. Uh, there's another group, NSF, that's doing it. They came out of the water, um, kind of, uh, they were testing dishwashers, things like that. They've been in this area for a while. Um, those are the major groups that are testing supplements. Um, uh, 
And what we do different from them is we also are going out there and buying products off the shelf on our own um, mm. uh, and then reporting those findings, you know, good or bad, to our readers. Is it based on requests that readers have or things that are just hot in the media to you? Like what, what makes you choose products to test? Yeah, it's a good question. So we, first we do a survey of our readers every year, uh, and they tell us what they're using. Um, so that directs us in terms of what we're going to be testing. Uh, and then they also tell us what products they're using, what brands. So that helps us also. And then we'll, we'll run periodic small surveys. Uh, and anyone can actually sign up for our newsletter. That's free. You'll, you'll get alerted when, whenever we have a new report out, which is about every three weeks. Um, so that's our kind of basis for, for, for these surveys. Um, and then we do we do a little you know a little bit of market research as well to see what's what's hot and and out there and what's you know what's popular on Amazon and and you know on other sites. Um, so it's kind of a combination of things, but we're really trying to focus on what's popular um, and what's available nationally because there's no point in us just testing something that's only sold locally you know in one state because we, we our readers are all over the country and all over the world. Well, you bring up actually a very interesting point being Amazon because. The idea of either counterfeit, black market, fake supplements have been coming up a lot, and that's actually a, a, a listener's question I had, but I, I really want to ask that now, which is the fact that when you're even sourcing products because you're buying it off the shelf, how do you tell you're getting the real stuff <laughs> uh, versus you know something from the, the, the manufacturer versus something that's black market? Yeah, um, the... The products that you're getting from Amazon now, you know, at this day and age, there's not much a distinction between a bricks and mortar store and you know, in an online store. The same brand, same products are being sold in both in both places at this point. Um, you know, maybe maybe 15 years ago, you know, you'd be more concerned about something sold only online. Um, but the 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 bigger brands tend to have higher quality because they have more to lose. I mean, interestingly, you know, we test. The whole gamut of products, from you know products from Walmart, you know, to very expensive uh, products sold only in doctors' offices. You know, you can you can for a, a simple product, you know, a vitamin C product, a multivitamin, you can certainly get just as good a product, you know, um, from you know Spring Valley at Walmart uh, as you can get uh, from a very high you know premium um, uh, brand. So. Uh, but the bigger the company, the more they have to lose, and I think that this puts more pressure on them to to uh, make sure that they're doing a good job because they don't want to get sued. <laughs> a smaller company doesn't have as much, uh, you know, at stake. Um, so we tend to see, um, you know, younger, smaller companies have more more problems with those types of products than from the large companies. But it doesn't mean we don't see problems with with big problems from big companies or or sold in big chains, you know, uh, from time to time. Well, because also people don't understand, a company might get slapped with a fine or lawsuit and just say, you know, hey, we're going to get sued for 2 to $10 million, but we're going to take $20 million in earnings, so it's worth us to do this as a short-term kind of strategy. And I'm, I'm seeing that more and more because it's, it's um, you know, it's kind of Wild Western supplements. So the question is, is like, how would you suggest a consumer look at supplements? Because doctors are not the ones really recommending supplements. They're, they're writing scripts. So it's really the natural places and, and, and so on. Kind of everyone's having to do their own homework and their own guessing and their own everything. So it's, it's kind of a little all over the place. So what, what kind of direction would you give? Um, 
I mean, that's really why we exist is because there, there is no easy answer. Um, you know, when you look at a, at, a, at a label, you know, you can't really tell unless it's been certified by, you know, by a third party. Um, uh, you, you know, you want to make sure it's labeled properly. Um, it follows, you know, the right rules for, for a supplement facts panel, you know, which, you know, is kind of detailed. But um, uh, uh, you, you, don't, you really don't know. Um, and that's, that's why we have to test these products um, to really see what's in them. Um, I, I don't have a, an easy answer other than, in general, the bigger brands do tend to, to do a better job than, than smaller brands for the reasons that I, that I mentioned. Okay. Um, so I, I'd, I'd more, be more suspect when there's something new on the market. We tend to see more problems then as well because, you know, companies are rushing to get something out that they don't know a lot about. Um, uh, so they, you, you get more mistakes. Like there was a supplement called uh, Sam E, for example. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I remember that. Yeah. So when that came out, we found the majority of those products were, were no good. They were um, uh, because it's a very unstable compound, and companies really didn't know how to how to make it into a pill properly. Now they do, and, and we're not finding that kind of problem anymore. Um, probiotics. There was a time where uh, maybe the majority of, maybe, at least more than yeah, half of the products one year that we tested didn't have the claimed amounts of uh, live, you know, organisms uh, on their, that they, they stayed on their labels. Um, and then, and then the industry kind of learned that they were, they were, <laughs> they were producing products that had all these live organisms, then they were shipping it out and, and, and not paying any attention to how they were being shipped, stored, shipped, uh, uh, and, and they were being exposed to high heat, and it was basically, or, or high humidity, uh, which was basically killing off these organisms. So at, when something is new in the market, it, we, t we tend to see more problems uh, you know, than things that have been out there for, for a while. And we also see more problems with gummies, which are, which are very popular now. Just because it's very hard to make a gummy, um, initially companies were just basically really literally spraying the vitamins or whatever onto the surface of a candy, a candy gummy that they would buy. Mm. Um, and it's, it was very inaccurate, uh, it's very unstable that way, then they were, you know, now better companies are actually, you know, uh, making the gummy with the, with the ingredients in, you know, embedded in it, um, but in that kind of environment, it, uh, certain vitamins in, uh, are not very stable as well, and they break down, like uh, vitamin D, um, B vitamins are, unsta are somewhat unstable, vitamin C can, uh, is somewhat unstable um, in, in different environments, so... Um, I'd, I'd be concerned about gummies and, and liquids as well, the same thing. When you're in a liquid environment, things can break down faster. Um, tablets are, are much more stable than, than either of those. Hmm. So I, I'd, be, I'd be cautious with gummies. Some gummies are okay, but um, I'd probably say the majority that we've tested are not. Okay, that's fascinating because you don't even think about delivery because... That's that's important is how something is delivered and stability. So again, those aren't I think topics that are known or well known outside of kind of like a science factor. So that's that's a great article in itself to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and the other thing to keep in mind is just the amount you know uh, that a company's putting in, because um, you know even for vitamins and minerals there are upper limits uh, for, for most of those, um, and there is no requirement that a company uh, identify that they've exceeded that limit. You know, and what they put in a vitamin or mineral, they could put in 10 times the limit and it would still be legal. So you need to, you know, educate yourself before you buy a product in terms of really what do you need? Um, you know, what's the right amount? Um, if, it's, if it's an herb, 
you know, when you look at an herb, you want to look for um, that it's standardized typically uh, to contain a certain percentage of a certain compound that's, you know, known to be either active or a very good marker for quality for that, comp- for that in- ingredient. So you need to educate yourself before you buy a supplement and make sure you know, do you need it, does it really work, you know, and, and uh, you know, what to look for in a label to, to at least give you, give you that advantage. And then hopefully, you know, if you use our information, then you'll know which products actually have what they even state on them. So do you also test, like, topicals, any kind of, because a lot of vitamins are delivered topically as well. Um, do you test creams and things like that, or is it just internal? Most of the products or the consumer lab tests are, are for internal use. They're oral, you know, uh, soft gels and capsules and tablets and liquids and powders. Um, but we occasionally will test um, uh, uh, topicals. With CBD, we recently, recently tested topicals as well as the oral products. Um, we don't test a lot of topicals just because there's not a lot of evidence that they work. Um, uh, and it's, it's really window dressing typically in terms of, you know, uh, putting supplement ingredients in, in topical uh, products. So it's, there's not a lot of evidence to support that use. And there are certainly medications that are given as a patch. Um, but just, you know, rubbing on a cream, um, it, you know, unless it's been tra- tested and shown to, you know, be absorbed and work, I, I wouldn't bother. It's just marketing, you know, the, the excitement of putting you know, some of these things into a, uh, a cream. The one thing that I have to finally ask is, does the FDA use your studies for anything? I know the FDA subscribes uh, and they use our information, but they don't go after companies, say, say you know, that fail our tests. Uh, uh-huh. They're really in a, unless someone's died, you know, or come close to it, you know, or many people, you're not going to find the FDA uh, getting too involved with dietary supplements. When they do, uh, it, um, it's often when, they're, when products are making outrageous uh, uh, claims to cure or to prevent a disease. Um, they're much more likely to step in in that case than, than actually test a product and find a problem. Um, they do jump in a little, I wouldn't doubt, due to the pressure from the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, so, that for, you know, they were looking at products that had... Uh, you know, Viagra and other uh, erectile dysfunction, you know, type uh, drugs. Um, they wanted to catch supplements that were illegally putting those in there. Um, bodybuilding products um, that illegally have, have drugs in them and weight loss products also. So those are the three areas that they've, they've been very active in. And now you're seeing um, from time to time with CBD, uh, as, as you mentioned earlier, they just went after, you know, sent warning letters to three companies um, that were making uh, uh, these types of claims with CBD products, which, which you're not allowed to do. A, a supplement can't claim to treat, prevent, or, or, uh, uh, or diagnose, uh, you know, a disease. So um, once you cross that line, the FDA, you know, is more, much more likely to step in. They're not going to step in just because you're, not, you're only putting in, you know, half the ingredient that you claim. Interesting, because you would think as a consumer that that's what the FDA is there for, just to kind of police, but it just doesn't seem like that. Yeah, not with supplements. That's, that's, yeah. not, that's not what they do. My name is Mary Shook, and you've been listening to Part 1 of Beauty GPS in the Raw with Todd Cooperman on supplement safety. I hope Todd was able to help you navigate through the pros and cons of supplements. Supplements can be difficult to navigate without actual testing, so I suggest you head over to at least sign up for their free newsletter at ConsumerLab.com. I'll see you around for part two on the T on CBD. You won't want to miss it. 
PDGPS is copyright 2019. All rights reserved.